Loving God, we give thanks for the call that you have placed upon our lives. We give thanks that you are the one who has brought us here today. And it's you who are encountering us as we worship on this day through the prayers and the songs that we have already been participating in and worshiping in and also in this word, your word. Wash over us, Lord. Fill us with your hope and your peace. Fill us with your very presence. Challenge us to grow and become more faithful in our discipleship. And may we also hear your words of love, your words of grace. Be with us now, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I was reading and going over the text this week, thinking about this Sunday, there was one thing that really came to my mind, and that is life and reality is, a lot, is about a lot of waiting. There is a lot of waiting in our life. You know, we're waiting for someone to show up. We're waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for things to change. Now, there's another reality that goes with uh, life that is full of waiting, and that is most of us don't like to wait. I mean, come on, we look for the shortest line at the grocery store or the bank if you still actually go to banks. (laughs) Or maybe you're like me, you know, and you uh, pull up to a red light, and as you're pulling up, what do you start looking for? Which car looks like it's the fastest? Who can I get behind so that I can get going quicker? We become impatient with waiting for the doctor or with the waiter who is slow or inattentive. We even become impatient with the elevator when it's just too slow. Now, no one has ever told me this. I just know that it's true that if the elevator's slow and you just keep pushing the button, It makes it go faster. (laughs) My friends, sometimes it seems like life is nothing more than waiting. As children, right, you wait for your birthday, you wait for Christmas, you wait for summer vacation, and you wait to grow up. As adults, you wait for just the right job, you wait for that special someone that will make your life complete. We wait for promotions and we wait for retirement. Some people find themselves waiting for a diagnosis and other people find themselves waiting for a cure. Some wait for the day that the pain will stop and the grief will end. Others wait for their prayers to be answered. Many of us wait for that day when we will have enough time, enough money, enough freedom that by the end of the day, we can then be truly happy and live, you know, happily ever after. Sometimes it seems as if the world has been waiting from the beginning of creation for true peace and for the end to war, the end to hunger and the end to poverty. At some level, waiting takes place every day. Sometimes we live with an overwhelming feeling of waiting, but no clear idea of what we are waiting for. 
You know, when I take a deep look at my own waiting, I realize that I generally don't wait in the present moment. I either move into the past or I move into the future. The great tragedy is that in doing so, I lose the gift of the present moment. You know, that's part of what makes waiting so painful and so difficult. Waiting in the future most often brings fear and anxiety about all that is going to happen. We're haunted by the unknown. We're haunted by the fact that we don't have control or don't have the control that we would like. Waiting in the past can many times bring sadness, anger, or even guilt about things that have happened or the things that have been done and then left undone. As difficult as our present circumstances may be, that's the only place where we can be fully alive. It's the only place that we can ever truly experience the presence of God. When we move out of the present, either way, into the past or even into the future, we not only postpone life, we deny life. We desecrate the sacrament of the present moment. We refuse the gift of God's presence. My friends, everyone, everywhere, in every age waits. Jesus, dang it, sounds those waiting for their master to return. Now, today's gospel lesson is not simply about passing time. It is about presence. It is about being present. Because Jesus sees waiting as an act of faithfulness. So we're mistaken if we think today's gospel lesson describes an absent God, a God who left some time ago and a God that we now wait upon. We are equally mistaken if think we are waiting for a God who lives out somewhere in the future. My friends, Jesus is teaching us how and where to wait. Jesus is inviting us to be present with our God who is always present. Jesus invites us to listen for the knock, to watch, and to be alert. Jesus is inviting us to be present and aware of God's presence in all of our relationships that we have with one another in this world and even the relationship we have with ourselves. Because God is present in all ordinary circumstances of our lives, even when we find ourselves waiting. You know, we're tempted to ask, so where is God in all our waiting? Well, let me say this. I think the better question is, where are we in our waiting? Many years ago, I was the dean of the third, fourth, and fifth grade camp at Mount Wesley. It was during the summertime, and each night before the campers went to bed, we'd sit in a big circle. And... Uh, <clears throat> 
Now, normally, if I were doing this with uh, junior and senior high kids, I'd have a little candle. We'd light that candle. We'd call it the Christ candle, and we'd pass it around. And we'd let them kind of debrief their day, and we'd let them answer that question, where did you see Jesus today? Now, being third, fourth, and fifth graders, I had great fear that one of them would light themselves or someone else on fire. But I still like this notion of sitting down, having the lights low, being in a prayerful attitude, and then uh, sharing and passing that light. And so the light that I decided that we would use, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could have like a little battery-powered lantern? And that's what I asked for, and that's what I got. It was a tiny lantern, and uh, it had a big flower on top, and it had some green kind of plastic leaves attached to it. Uh, and I could turn the lantern, and in the darkness, we would pass the lantern around. And when the lantern came to you, it was your turn to speak. Now, I will say that the kids, as we kind of got into our routine and our ritual of doing this every night, and they would see me coming with my lantern, they started calling me Pastor Tinkerbell. <laughs> I know, it, it still hurts. I, but I tell you, because it was really kind of funny. But I remember the very first night we did this, we were sitting around in our circle, and I was introducing this whole concept of uh, where's Jesus? Where'd you see Jesus today? And I remember I turned the light on and I passed it to the fourth grade student sitting right next to me, and I asked him the question, where did you see Jesus today? And he became very excited and even surprised, and he cried out, you mean Jesus was here today and I missed it? <laughs> My friends, Jesus responded to that fourth grader and to us and our surprise and excitement and saying, yes, yes, I was here, I am here, and I always will be here. And then Jesus goes, go and say to us, be dressed, be ready for action. Something is going on, and it's going on in the present. It's going on right now. It's going on in your lives. And I want you to be a part of it. Don't just sit on the bench, get in the game. Come and participate, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus tells us, have your lamps lit because there's something more to see. Move out of the darkness, come into the light and see that which is right in front of you. Again, Jesus commands us, be alert. Now, when we hear that word, that phrase, be alert, this isn't a threat of punishment. It's actually an invitation to be blessed. Jesus is not just inviting us to be awake and to be ready and to be watchful. Jesus is calling us to be fully alive and to be fully present in every moment that we're given. You see, in the kingdom of God, blessing and life are synonymous. Synonymous. 
Jesus is saying to us, be alert, be blessed, and I will come and I will serve you. I will feed you the bread of life and I will serve you the cup of salvation. All of this, Jesus says, happens at an unexpected hour. Like in a thief in the night, the Son of Man is coming. So that's a good question, right? When is that unexpected hour? When will this happen? Well, let me tell you this. My thought is that the most unexpected hour is right now. The most unexpected hour is the present. The most unexpected hour is today. But you know, the most unexpected hour is also the hour spent in that hospital rating room. The most unexpected hour is the hour sitting next to the phone waiting for news from a loved one. The most unexpected hour is the hour praying for a miracle. The most unexpected hour is the hour that we wait for clarity. The most unexpected hour is the hour where we wait for the grief to end and for life to return to normal. The most unexpected hour is the hour in which nothing seems to happen. Life is not the way we want and we don't know which way to go. You have an unexpected hour in your life. And so the challenge is to be fully present and to know that Jesus is there. We're met in our waiting. And just like that fourth grader so many years ago, you mean Jesus was here today? Yeah, right here right now at the most unexpected hour of your life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.